Hello, and either welcome or welcome back to the Gender Libertarian Podcast. If you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page where you do get early access. Link will be down in the show notes. So as I'm sure you've noticed, my schedule's been a little bit off lately, as I'm sure everybody's has, whether you are self-quarantining, whether you are under shelter-in-place orders, whether you are still going to work and your hours have been changed. I think everybody is on their own little coronavirus schedule right now. So this is not coming out at its normal time, but I kind of pushed it back because I did do a lot of content last week. Um, If you managed to miss it, if you go to my feed, I have an interview with Mark Clare from the Lions of Liberty podcast about the situation out in California. I have an interview with Scott Lunzacombe from Cato Institute about the stimulus bill and about tariffs. And I also have an interview with Dave Smith about the concept of libertarianism dying a fiery, annihilating death due to coronavirus and plenty of other things too. So I've been hitting you guys with a lot of content this past week and I kind of needed a little bit of a break too. So maybe one day in the future, we will get back to a normal schedule. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Although judging from some of the news that's come out over the past week, I don't know when exactly this is going to happen, but I wanted to go ahead and do a roundup of the things that didn't really get discussed in any of those interviews. So let's go ahead and start with what was probably one of the most controversial things to happen over the past week, relatively speaking, and that is that Rand Paul tested positive for coronavirus. Now, it seems that he did not go into self-quarantine until he got his results, and apparently he was still, between the time in which he got tested and was waiting for his results, he was still attending Congress, he was going to the pool and going to the gym and doing this, that, and the other, which is not what you're supposed to be doing, people. That's if you think that you have coronavirus, you go self quarantine. And the other kind of part of this that people were questioning was that, um, according to Rand, he didn't have any symptoms. To the best of his knowledge, he didn't have contact with anybody who had coronavirus, but somehow he got tested, which if you have tried to get tested, you know, typically in order to get the prescription to get the test, you have to have a very good reason right now. Like you have to either be like immunocompromised, you have to have traveled, you have to have been in contact with somebody who is a known positive case for coronavirus. So yeah. I mean, and then there there is kind of the fact that he is, I don't know if he's technically immunocompromised, but obviously after his attack last year, yeah, last year, I don't, I can't keep track of time anymore. Um, he did lose a chunk of lung after, the, after his neighbor attacked him, which is just, that's just still such a weird thing to say. So anyway, he did test positive and he is in self-quarantine and we've not heard any other news. So... Hopefully Rand is either asymptomatic or is on the mend or hopefully is not getting progressively worse because it's the thing with coronavirus and you're starting to see more and more people who have it and are kind of talking about their experiences on social media. It can range anywhere from being completely asymptomatic to having mildish symptoms to having moderate symptoms to ending up in the hospital. So the difference 
in experiences is kind of starting to show itself to have quite a range. So hopefully his is on the lighter side. Fingers crossed for him. Another congressperson that did get tested was Mitt Romney, and he tested negative, which thankfully for him, I mean, I don't wish this on anybody, because like, like I said, it's the way it can manifest in your system it is anywhere from just slight to like full-on ICU to dying. And you are starting to see younger people die from this too. It's not just the elderly anymore, just like the very young or the immunocompromised. You're starting to see people who were relatively young, relatively healthy succumbing to this. So anybody who feels the need to get tested for coronavirus or anybody who they who thinks has it, that's not really something to joke about or be glib about. But of course, seeing as it's Mitt Romney, somebody at one of the Trump press conferences, which I'm not... For the sake of my own mental health, I'm just not even paying attention to anything that comes out of these press conferences or really out of Trump's mouth, period, because none of it's particularly helpful. I mean, none of it is working towards finding a solution to our current problems. So if you're not working towards a solution, if your whole thing is just to troll people, then whatever. I think the best thing to do is just ignore people like that because, I mean, why? I just Why? There's too much other shit going on right now, but... Somebody asked Trump about it during a press conference and he had this little snide like, oh, gee, that's too bad. It's like, really, dude? Really? Like, it's not something that's funny. It's not really something to joke about. But thankfully, Mitt tested negative. Um, Don't know of anybody else in Congress who's gotten tested. Although I'm sure, I mean, just by the numbers, somebody's going to get tested. But moving on from coronavirus for a minute... (laughs) It's all we can talk about now. It kind of sucks. Like, I want to talk about other things, but, like, there's not a lot else to talk about. There is something else to talk about, though, and that is the primaries that are still going on. And a thing that's kind of cropped up amongst the Bernie Sanders left is this whole kind of meme of, well, where's Joe Biden? Because, allegedly, Joe Biden has gone missing, which... Nobody is supposed to be making public appearances right now, especially not old ass people like Joe and Bernie. Like these are these are people who are in the prime slot of people who, if they catch the coronavirus, are going to be severely injured and or dead. So clearly public public appearances have been canceled. But there's been like this whole meme of like, oh, well, where's Joe Biden? Where's he at? Well, apparently Joe Biden has been busy and active. Um, he is live streaming from his house and he started a podcast. <laughs> Joe Biden is now officially a millennial. Joe Biden has taken his coronavirus quarantine time to start a live stream and a podcast, y'all. <laughs> and the podcast is called Here's the Deal, which is just the most Joe Biden title for a podcast ever. So Joe Biden is not missing. He is just like the rest of us producing content from his house. <laughs> oh, You can't make this stuff up. Like it's the world has gone very, very weird. So Joe Biden is not missing. Joe Biden is just apparently one of us now. But um, on the topic of the stimulus bill, like I said, I discussed this in the interview with Scott Lindsacombe, and I discussed this a bit in my interview with Dave Smith, but we never on either one of those got around to discussing the raw numbers. So 
for our current stimulus bill, which is called the CARES bill, because clearly this is the government showing that they care about us. Here are the numbers. $500 billion in loan guarantees for corporations, $367 billion in loan assistance to small businesses, $130 billion for hospitals, $150 billion for state and local stabilization funds, $200 billion for domestic priorities like childcare, seniors, and transportation, a large expansion of unemployment insurance, as well as a $250 billion fund to make direct payments to some Americans. Okay, let's back this up a bit and look at some of these numbers. $500 billion in loan guarantees for corporations, which by definition are not small businesses. $367 billion in loan assistance to small businesses. Small businesses. You know the ones that are being told to close right now because they're non-essential businesses? Um, doesn't it not seem like those numbers should be a bit inversed? Um, why are we giving more money and loan guarantees to corporations and not, I, I'm, what? I'm, I'm sorry, who is this supposed to be benefiting, by the way? Is it supposed to be benefiting the businesses that are told that they have to be closed and the employees that work for those businesses? Or is this more just corporate pork? You already know the answer to that, but it is worth pointing out that, Corporations are getting much more in the way of assistance than small businesses, which ostensibly the small businesses are the ones that need the assistance right now. And so $130 billion for hospitals. Again, if we're picking people who need assistance right now, hospitals should be high up on that list too. We need more beds. We need more facilities. We need more money being put towards developing vaccines for this, for developing treatments for this. I'm, I'm sorry, $150 billion for, for well, $130 for hospitals? Uh, oh, oh, okay. $150 billion for state and local stabilization funds. Okay, I mean, it's fine enough, I suppose. And then all the way down there at the bottom, the $250 billion that gets paid out to some Americans. Now, here's how the the stimulus part of this is supposed to work. Because this bill, like we keep calling it a stimulus bill, this is really more of a stimulus hybrid, like stimulus relief bill. It's not strictly stimulus. It's not strictly relief. It's kind of doing both at the same time. Um, the $1,250 check. It is a one-time check. It gets phased out in increments for individuals making over 75000 a year or couples making over 150000 a year. And they have decided to base this now. Still, there is a means test for this, which, like I discussed in my interview with Scott Lindsacombe, I don't understand means testing this if it's supposed to be stimulus, because if it's supposed to be stimulus, then what does it matter? Like, if it's, if it's meant for these people to go spend in the economy, then I, I $1,250 is $1,250. Like I don't, it doesn't, shouldn't matter like how much somebody made. Anyway, they're basing it off of 2019's tax returns. If you've already filed them versus 2018's, um, still not entirely basing it 
off of one's current financial situation, which again, this goes to the question of, is this supposed to be stimulus or is this supposed to be relief? Because if it's supposed to be relief, then basing it off of last year's earnings does not remotely approach what's going on with your current financial situation right now. Like you could have made $200,000 last year and be making absolutely nothing right now. Like A has nothing to do with B. So again, it goes to that question of, is this stimulus or is this relief? I, I'm I'm still, I'm just kind of baffled as to what a one-time check is supposed to be to help anybody really on either level. And there is also an additional $500 per child. So depending on your household is dependent on what kind of money you're going to be getting from the federal government. Um, Time-wise, it seems like if you have filed and done direct deposit with the IRS, like I'm not sure how far back they're going, but at least as far as like your last tax return and they have like bank information on file for you, you should be getting your money in a couple of weeks. Um, If not, if they do not have bank information on you, then they're going to be doing paper checks. And it seems to be very up in the air as to when you would get a paper check. I mean, they're talking probably two to three months before you would get a paper check if they do not have bank information for you. So again, if this is supposed to be relief, that's kind of not going to work. And even if it's supposed to be stimulus, that's a long ways out. So again, it's just like, This bill is very confusing to me as to what exactly it's supposed to be accomplishing. And I still don't understand like what. And and of course, there's already talk about doing another stimulus bill, which is just like, kill me now. Just shoot me into the sun. I can't do this. Oh, my God. It's just this is I don't I don't understand. I don't get it. Like, I do get it. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it, but I don't get it. So obviously this is something that's really geared more towards helping larger businesses versus helping smaller businesses slash individuals. Um, They did do a lot on the unemployment side as it stands right now. um, It's going to be kind of a two tiered system. And when I checked yesterday on the Georgia department of labor site, Um, They were still awaiting instruction from the Department of Labor as to exactly how this unemployment situation would work. So basically, they're on hold. So I'm assuming a lot of other states are in the same boat, whether they're being more or less honest about the situation. I think all the states are basically waiting on instruction at this point. But there's supposed to be a federally funded $600 per week federal unemployment assistance that goes through July. And then that is on top of anything that you would be eligible on on the state level. And that does vary from state to state. And it also varies on your income and what your state covers. So you could be looking, like I said, conservatively. I mean, if, if your state is on the lower side of unemployment assistance, I mean, 900 a week. I mean, it could go up from there. So they definitely did backload that. But I don't see any provisions for people who have had their hours cut or who have gone from full-time to part-time. I've not seen anything meant to address that gap. Uh, Maybe it does exist and I don't know about it, but I've not seen anybody talk about it. And like I said, 
it seems like the states are still waiting on instructions from the Department of Labor as to how exactly this is going to be implemented. Because, of course, if you've ever filed for unemployment, you know you file through the state and then the state pays you. So I don't know logistically, like, how this is going to work money-wise. Like, is the federal government going to transfer it to the states? Is there going to be a separate procedure that you have to go through to get your federal unemployment assistance? Because we've never had federal unemployment assistance before. It's always been handled through the states. So that seems to be kind of in limbo right now. So if you are one of those people who is out of work now because of government shutdowns, because of government mandated shutdowns, um, I hope they get this figured out for you guys sooner rather than later, because nobody seems to know what the hell's going on right now. But as to the bailout money for the larger corporations. Um, the way this is being handled is essentially the treasury is going to be overseeing who gets what. And this is where we come up with that kind of slush fund thing where essentially the treasury is being handed all this money and there's like, I guess, a lot it as you see fit. And so you know what's going to happen. And there's supposed to be an outside oversight committee, but come on, man. You you already know. You already know who's going to get this money. It's going to be the people who have the best lobbyists and the best connections. And not necessarily people that need it, but the people who have the most juice to get it. And again, what? I, I, what it, how is this supposed to help coronavirus? How is this supposed to help anybody affected by coronavirus? Like, get, like we, you had one job. All you had to do was just make a clean bill. If, if money had to be spent at all, just make a nice clean bill that says, okay, we are going to give every American adult X amount of money and we'll give every American minor Y amount of money and that's it. And then if you wanted to put conditions on it based on income, go ahead and handle that through 2020 tax returns. And just do the money now and then we can figure it out and take it back from people who didn't necessarily need it in the 2020 tax returns. Again, if this is supposed to be relief and not stimulus, because like I said, if it's stimulus, then it shouldn't be means tested because that makes no sense. Yeah, this is what happens when you rush through things and nobody really stops to think about what the hell it is that you're supposed to be accomplishing in the first place you get this weird mishmash of stuff like it's just mush like I don't I don't even know who the fuck this is supposed to really help outside of large companies I I don't I don't know I don't get it I don't get it and apparently there has been some issues on the small business side of people applying for these loans apparently the process has not been made as seamless and as easy as it should be So implementation has been a bit of a problem with this bill. Hopefully, hopefully everything gets smoothed out here in the nearest future so that the people that need the money can get the money. Hopefully, like I said, it's the government. I'm not holding my breath. But as far as the final vote on the bill, um, obviously it passed Congress and then it went to the House to have the vote. And the idea was that the house had already kind of called recess and everybody had gone back to their specific homes. And so they were just going to do like a voice vote. Like, I guess you just call in or something. I'm not quite sure. But 
Thomas Massey wanted to have people actually do like a vote, like an actual roll call vote, like in the House of Representatives. And so he called for that, um, made everybody come back, which I mean, listen, if you're spending this kind of money, you need to put your name to it. Like you don't like, this is not something you phone in. Like, come on now, people. So did that, got a lot of heat for it. Most famously, John Kerry called him an asshole on Twitter, like straight up called him an asshole on Twitter. He also called him a masshole on Twitter, which you can't call somebody a masshole if they're not from Massachusetts. Come on, Kerry, get it together, man. We all agreed on the rules, but that happened. And obviously it passed the house, I mean, clearly. So he got a lot of shit for that. Yeah, um, huh. It's, it's odd how people who get paid a lot of money don't really want to do their job. And everyone was like, well, we're, we're worried about coronavirus and we're worried about this and that and the other. And it's like, come on now, really? I mean, first of all, it should never have been called into recess in the first place. Like, if you know you've got pending legislation like this, like, why, why are you letting your chamber go to recess? Come on now. Come on, man. And with it being a voice vote, you never have, like actual confirmation whether somebody did or did not vote for the bill. So it leaves this kind of little loophole where if things go bad or there is a backlash to this bill, nobody really has to own their vote because you can always just say that you didn't vote for it. I mean, and who's going to know? Like, there's there's no record of whether you did or didn't. So that's kind of another topic that got brought up and I've not seen it really discussed yet, but kind of the possible backlash to this bill. And as it stands right now, like everybody is very concerned with the illness itself and getting people tested, getting treatment, getting just getting like the basics under control that I don't think anybody's really spent a lot of time thinking about this particular stimulus bill. Unlike when this happened in 2008, when they did the bailouts where people's minds weren't so occupied by like first order needs of like making sure like, okay, am I healthy? Is my family healthy? Like, is everybody okay? Do we have this under control? I think in time, once we get the public health situation under control, people are going to start focusing on the economic side of this. And given that populism is way more prevalent now than it was in 2008. I'm wondering what kind of backlash you're going to see to this bill, if any at all. I mean, there very well may not be. I don't know. We're in an election year. There's a lot of other shit going on. Maybe this will just fly by and you won't have another like Tea Party slash Occupy movement. But I do think that once, once the public health part dies down and we can start having a discussion about this bill and the economic shutdown and the amounts of money that people have lost and the the amount of lives that have been affected by people not being able to go to work and make money, about people not being able to send their kids to school, obviously. I, I'm, I'm wondering what their response will be <laughs> because that kind of brings us to our next point, and that is the latest unemployment numbers that came out last week. 3.3 million people applied for unemployment in one week, which well, well, well 
smashes the previous record that wasn't even a million. I think it was like 685,000 and change. And I was thinking maybe like 1 mil, 1.5 mil in the span of a week. 3.3 million people. That's a lot of fucking people all applying for unemployment in one week. And I don't see that slowing down given that the rate of shelter-in-place slash lockdown orders are going up and not down. I mean, I don't see any way that that number is not going to go up week over week because more and more people are going to be told forcibly that you cannot go to work. Like a lot of, most of the states right now, I imagine everybody is on various sorts of city and local ordinances about shelter in place. The more states actually put out shelter in place orders for whole states. Oh boy. That's, that's going to get, that's going to get ugly. And I've already seen people predicting for a quarter two of this year, going all the way up to a 30% unemployment rate, which I mean, I'm sure that will even out eventually, but a lot of those jobs may not be coming back after all of this is said and done. So, I mean, even if you cut it from half, from like 30 to say 15% unemployment, by the time November rolls around, oh boy, that's, whoo, because when you've based your whole campaign on the economy and the numbers and the unemployment rate, looking at you, Trump, that's going to be rough. That's going to be a real tough sell. So, and I, oh my God, um, I don't know when the economic situation is going to get sorted out. And we've kind of had a new round of stay in place orders that I'll discuss here in a couple of minutes, but I, ooh, that's, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a real long time to bounce back from this, but moving on from that, Um, Trump did invoke the Defense Protection Act, the Defense Production Act, and has ordered GM to produce ventilators, which is kind of stupid because they were already in the process of negotiating with the government to build the ventilators. But apparently Trump decided that this was either going too slow or he didn't like the terms. So he just ordered them to do it, which that's not good. That's not good. I mean, if you want a private entity to build you something, you should be negotiating for it, not just telling them by dictate, okay, this is what you're doing and this is what you're doing it for. Like, that's not okay. That's not okay. And the amount of people who have called for him to either do more of that or people who are just straight up calling for the nationalization of industries, I'm like, have you people lost your damn mind? Have you lost your mind? Even if you want to look at this, even if it's temporary, why the hell would you want this man running your industries? You keep telling me he's stupid. Why do you want this stupid man running things? And I agree. He's freaking stupid. I don't want Trump running anything. In fact, I would like Trump and the federal government to stay as far away from everything as humanly possible because my God, if you people have not bungled this enough, please don't involve yourself. Exit the stage. Go away. Let the market handle this. You fucked it up enough. Stop. Just stop meddling. Just stop. Stop participating. Please, for the love of God, stop participating. And on on the topic of wishing that the government 
would stop intervening, um, the FDA decided that at-home COVID-19 tests are a no-go. And we already had companies that had gone to market, people who had already bought the kits, already done their testing, so already sending it back to the lab. The FDA is like, no, destroy those kits. You can't do this. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, the one thing that we need is at-home tests so that more people can get tested and stay at home. Stay your germy ass at home. But no, apparently we can't have that. And I mean, I've gone on enough about how the CDC and the FDA have just completely, completely screwed us on this. And this is why we are in the situation that we're in is just because of their malfeasance and their inability to get the hell out of the way and let the market handle this. My God, it wants to. Please let it happen. So we can get some freaking testing because that's the only way we're going to get through this is if we get testing and then that way we can maybe one day not be on lockdown and people can, I don't know, actually socialize with each other again. I don't know. I would like to hug some people. I can't hug anybody except for my husband, obviously. (laughs) But this is just ridiculous. It's like, what? What do you want? Like, why are you like this, FDA? What is wrong with you? Good God almighty. And also on the topic of people who I would like to ask, what the hell is wrong with you? Trump decides that he is going to go float the idea of federally mandating a quarantine of the tri-state area. So he floats this idea on Twitter. And obviously, for various many and assorted reasons, this isn't really a legal possibility But of course, this is the president of the United States saying that he's thinking about quarantining states. So obviously this causes a bit of a panic. Um, I mean, I kind of already knew like, okay, logistically speaking, this is not going to work. Legally speaking, this is not going to work. And eventually he had to walk it back to kind of a strong travel advisory. And I'm just like, again, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, this isn't a game. This is not, this is not the time to be trying to troll people. You can't just float out there that you're going to quarantine millions of people. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is just, oh my God, the fundamental unseriousness of the way some people are handling this. Trump being the main one, but obviously clearly not the only ones. And that's why I just, I don't, I don't watch the press conferences anymore. I really don't read his tweets anymore. Cause it's just like, it's, it, this is like a game to him. Like this is just a trolling game to him. And it's like, you're the president of the United States. And I don't expect a lot out of Trump, but dude, there are people who do still look to the president of the United States and the federal government for guidance as to what to do in a given situation. And so when you see the president not taking this seriously, you don't take it seriously. And so now you end up where we're at now. And speaking of people who, I mean, I, uh, I understand on a certain level why the CDC did this, but I don't. And that is initially they had put out that, Masks are not effective in helping to stop the spread of coronavirus. 
And they said it mainly to keep people from doing a run on masks, which happened anyway, to try to keep them available for doctors and first responders and people working in hospitals and stuff like that. Well, guess what? Masks actually are effective in helping to stop the spread of coronavirus. And so now they're having to revise their statement. And it's not exactly like you can walk into a store and buy a mask right now. So you have people now stepping up and making cotton masks that you can put like filters in and stuff like that. And people basically making makeshift ways around this. And it's just like, again, if you had just said that in the beginning, like, oh my God, this all could have been handled so differently. We could be in a completely different place right now if everybody involved had just done their damn job and been honest. That's all you had to fucking do. It's just do your job and not lie to people. That's it. That's all you had to do. And take it seriously. Like, it's just the bar was so low. And uh, the federal government tripped over it. Still managed to trip over this very, very low bar of just doing your job. So, anyway. Moving on to kind of where we are at right now with lockdowns, social distancing, stuff like that. Uh, Federally speaking, the social distancing guidelines have been extended out until April 30th. Um, Trump had famously said that he wanted to get everything wrapped up and ready to go by Easter, which was ridiculous when he said it. But that has now been extended to April 30th. And these are not like mandates or anything. They're just like general guidelines of how you should be practicing social distancing and for how long. So federally speaking, we're supposed to be doing this until April 30th. Now, moving on to the new lockdowns. Ohio is on shelter in place until April 6th. Uh, DC is on lockdown until the 24th. Virginia has decided that they are going to do lockdown until June 30th. June 30th. Good luck with that, Virginia. Um, given how people reacted when Virginia floated the idea of doing restrictive gun laws, um, I don't think that the people of Virginia are going to take very well to being told by their government that they cannot do anything other than essential stuff until June 30th. That's not going to work. Definitely not in Virginia, but definitely not anywhere. And Maryland has also gone on lockdown and theirs is indefinite. It is till quote unquote, the emergency is over. So Maryland indefinite lockdown and all of the various lockdowns all pretty much look the same as to what you can and cannot do. Like what businesses are going to be open. Um, You're supposed to be able to like leave your house to go to the grocery store or seek medical assistance or stuff like that or to patronize, you know, essential services, or if, obviously, if you work for an essential service, obviously, you can leave the house. Um, logistically speaking, I don't know how you're going to enforce that, because, I mean, if I if I got in my car and started driving, like, you don't know, am I going to my work? Am I going to the grocery store? Am I just driving around? Am I going to a friend's house? Like, you don't know where the hell I'm going. So, like, I don't even know how, how. <laughs> I'm just a little baffled as to how exactly you're going to mandate lockdowns when I I don't, I don't know. It kind of doesn't make any sense to me. 
But I guess that's what we're doing now. And like I said, I expect to see more and more states start to do this. I'm expecting to see a lot more states in the southeast to do this. I'm kind of waiting around to see if Georgia's going to do it. Um, I personally am still working because I do work for an essential service. So no matter what, I'm still going to be working. Although I would be making a hell of a lot more money staying home. <laughs> under the uh, current package that is being offered by the by the federal and state governments. So, I mean, if they wanted to furlough me, I wouldn't be mad, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So, there is that. Um, as far as primaries are concerned, because this is still an election year, we're still having primaries. Um, Wisconsin is still, as of this recording, holding their primary on April 7th. Uh, Pennsylvania has postponed theirs to June 2nd, and New York finally postponed theirs until June 23rd. So you are starting to get most states that haven't done it already. Their primaries are pushing them back till sometime like end of May, early June-ish, except for New York is pushing it all the way back to the end of June. So we are going to have a hyper-extended primary season, and Bernie Sanders is refusing to drop out. So, what this is going to mean, I don't know, but we are still in an election year. We are still in primary season, and as far as any kind of cancellations are concerned, um, I've not heard of any of the political conventions being officially canceled yet. Um, I don't know what's supposed to be going on with the last debate that's supposed to be taking place in April. There's not been anything announced as to whether or not that is still going on, or a date or a time or anything like that yet. So not entirely sure what's going on there, but yeah, I don't know. It's going to be real interesting, especially if this is something that extends to, I mean, if we're looking at even just doing like social distancing till the end of April, uh, I mean, let's see, uh, LP national is in May. Um, the DNC is in July and the RNC is in August. So I'm not entirely sure where that's going to leave everything. And as far as LP National is concerned, um, Austin right now is on stay in place orders. They are, from last I heard, they have been in contact with the city of Austin and they are kind of deciding what they want to do because obviously our convention is very early because this is how the LP actually picks their presidential nominee. We don't do primaries like the Democrats and Republicans. It's actually picked on the floor at the convention. So if something's going to happen, then they kind of need to figure out how that's going to work with delegate voting and all of that stuff. So that's kind of up in the air right now. So that's all our logistic scheduling news for today. As of this recording, as of March 31st at four o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> because everything is always subject to change so quickly. But before we leave off on this, I do want to touch on a topic that kind of came up a bit yesterday, but it's something that's I think going forward going to be a topic of discussion and that is the businesses who are kind of pivoting to creating personal protection equipment, which there have been thankfully so many businesses who have of their own accord pivoted to making masks, to making face shields, to making coverings, just 
everything, like just whatever you have on hand, basically just stopping whatever your normal production is and handling that. So one of the people that's done this is the, the MyPillow company, you know, Mike, Mike Liddell, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, they announced, it was last week, and I retweeted it, I saw that they were moving their production from pillows to cotton face masks because that's where the need is now. And you have a lot of companies doing this. You have a lot of clothing companies pivoting to making face masks. Um, I saw Bauer, the people that make the hockey equipment, they've pivoted to making face shields. Like pretty much anything that can be migrated to making PPE, companies are doing it on their own, which bless them all. This is exactly how the market works. Nobody needs to tell these people to do this. Obviously, markets and companies can figure out where needs exist and can meet them if at all possible. But anyway, back to Mike Liddell. Um, Trump invited him to the White House, I guess, yesterday in one of these press conferences that I just straight up refused to watch. And so I guess they're touting him making the cotton face mask, whatever. I don't care. And he starts... I guess, promoting his business, which, you know what? I cannot emphasize how little I give a fuck why a company is pivoting to making PPE right now. I don't care if you're doing it because Jesus told you to do it. I don't care if you're doing it for PR. I don't care if you're doing it for profit. I don't care. It really does not matter to me. And I don't understand why it matters to anybody else. But of course, this started this whole firestorm amongst the anti-Trump crowd, like, oh, look at this guy He's up there just promoting his own business and talking about Jesus. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. You're making cotton face masks. Fine. Go make the cotton face masks. If you want to promote your business at the same time, do it. I don't care. Like, I don't understand why anybody has time to care about that kind of stuff right now. We need supplies. Hospitals need supplies. Whoever wants to make them, make them. I don't give a shit. I mean, I paid for cotton face masks off of Etsy. I'm sure the person I paid is making money off that. I don't care. I'm getting cotton face masks in the mail. That's all I care about. Like, what? I don't understand people who want to bitch about the motivations behind people wanting to do the thing that is going to get us out of this. I, just, I don't get it. It, just, it ranks right up there with all the people on the left who want to bitch about... Oh, well, but, the, but if they make the, the vaccine and then they make the treatments and, and they're going to charge for it and they're going to make a profit, I'm like, good, good, make your money. If you save my ass, make your money. I don't care. I will pay. Like, let's keep it real, people. Like, what do you want? Do you want results? Do you want supplies? Do you want vaccines? Do you want treatments? Or do you not? It's just like, oh my God, look at where we are at right now. Your option of, oh, I just want people to do it out of the kindness and goodness of their heart. Well, guess what? We're not there. That's not really an option. Let's look at the options that are actually on the table right now. And then you pick which one you want. Me, I, I want to get out of this. I don't want to be quarantined. Like I want to go see my friends. I want to go out. I want to go out to eat. I want to socialize again. I want to go back to normal life. And so if somebody making a profit off of something enables me to get the things that I need and the things that everybody needs to get back to a normal life, fine. I don't care. Good. I, shit, go for it. If you make the vaccine, good. I hope you become a billionaire. 
I hope you make all the damn money. Because you saved the world. You deserve to be a billionaire. If you're out here making cotton face masks, then yeah, you deserve to promote your business. You're doing something. <laughs> it's just I don't get it. Oh my god, but this just... Uh... The amount of people who are having their priors confirmed, and we kind of talked about this during the interview with Dave Smith, but the amount of people that are kind of grasping to make things be about the thing that they want it to be about versus just letting things be about the things that it is about, uh, it's maddening. It's really just frustrating. And it's like, can you not? Can you just not do this right now? Like, really? Can we not? Can we just bench it? For like, I don't know, a couple of months until we get past this and then everybody can go back to fighting about the dumb shit we were fighting about before there was a pandemic. I don't know. Just just a thought. Maybe. I, I think that answer's a no, though. So anyway, at this point, that pretty much wraps up everything that wasn't discussed in the three interviews. So if you haven't listened to those, obviously go listen to those after this. And yes, as always, if you did make it this far, thank you for listening. And if you do like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe. You can find me on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, and on my Patreon page. Take care, and until next time.